Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. In this week's episode, we've got Nina Bullock. Thanks for being here. Thanks. I'm super excited. Yeah. And then Brandon, of course, is here. What's up? Uh, he was sick earlier this week, so uh, yes. we're hoping All better he's... now. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about something we've never talked about in the history of the, in the, of the podcast, and that is uh, networking. Yeah, it's it's such an amazing form of um, of marketing that I think is so downplayed, but it's yeah. such a great way for small, mid-sized, large businesses to be able to build their companies by creating a bigger network of people. Yeah. So you mentioned it being a uh, marketing tactic. Is that how you see it? Oh, heavens yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's get started. Okay, so Nina, uh, just just as kind of a format to let everyone know what we're going to be talking mm -hmm. about, uh, networking is going to take a big chunk out of this. Mm -hmm. Brandon is a huge networking fan. <laughs> huge. Uh, Most people are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording about how we should have done like a poll to see how, like what the ratio of people who enjoy it or are like... I mean, there's the fear of speaking in public, but right. it's probably a little bit different when you're kind of networking. I bet I bet most people are afraid of doing it. I think it's a fear, but I think it's more than that. I think that people, and I'm, I'm sure obviously by the way that you said that, that you're not a huge marketer fan, <laughs> like going out to networking events. It's kind of one of those words that makes people cringe. And I think that's one of the reasons why I want to change that because I truly believe that being able to talk to people and be able to build those connections, it's going to help you grow your business, and especially small to mid-level businesses. But I mean, I work for RSL. I work for yeah. a, you know, a major league sports team and I still go to networking events because yeah. I see the value in building that and you know I set goals for myself so I'm one of those crazy people that I love networking events because it means that I get to go recharge and be around people I'm definitely an extrovert oh yeah no I love that so uh, you just reminded me that I forgot to give you your, your, your quick introduction <laughs> would you mind actually just uh, taking about 30 to 60 seconds and telling us uh, what you do and who you work for? I would love to. So um, my name's Nina and I work for Real Salt Lake and for the Utah Royals FC. Um, that is soccer. I actually have to, a lot of networking events I go to, I tell them I work for Real. I get the, and, and what is that again? I'm like, it's our MLS team. Come on. So uh, I do all their corporate ticketing. So my job is to find companies that want to do their summer parties, that want to suite. Um, that, I mean, it's such a great avenue for companies to be able to come out and use for their sales teams because what better way to wine and dine a potential customer than to take them out to a, an awesome soccer game. Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. So uh, are you a soccer fan? <laughs> Slightly loaded question. I was not always a soccer fan. I am becoming more of one. I definitely am not anywhere up to even my boss. Uh, my husband teases me. He says I have every man's dream job. There's a 60 inch flat screen TV in my office. And when I'm not out networking, ESPN all day long. That's all we have going on. Um, the ticketing guys in the back are playing soccer. They're, you know, everybody's talking about who got drafted and who's doing this. And, you know, and they, they love soccer. I don't love soccer like those boys, but it is definitely growing yeah. on me. Do you like soccer, Brandon? Um, I like, I think it's fun to play. I don't, like, it's not fast paced enough. Like, I much more enjoy the NBA because it's so much happening quickly. It's is a very it, patient game. It's, well, it's a patient game, but it's also one that if you, one of my favorite things to do, because I was the same way where it's like, oh, it's not fast paced enough. And if you sit and you watch, and actually one of my favorite things is to not watch the ball. As crazy as that sounds, because if you watch the setup of everybody on the field. No, you're right. That sounds crazy. <laughs> it is pretty fun. I avert my to eyes. <laughs> I, I, the ball, I, I'm not looking there. 
you got to have like a good setup. But if you if you watch, it's this beautiful kind of dance that occurs throughout the whole field. And you know, it's like yeah, you don't have a, a clencher where you're in the NBA and you're running up and down the court. But uh-huh. in soccer, one goal is the difference of everything. And so yeah. one thing could be that could make or break a team. It could make or break an entire game. And so you're watching intently the entire time because if you take your eye for a minute away, like they could score. And the other thing that I love, uh, that I love, guess what doesn't happen at soccer games? Commercials when you watch them because they play nonstop. There's no, there's no bunch of timeouts. There's not all of this. And yeah, I mean, you've got your flopping, but it's, I think it's a really fast paced (laughs) sport when you start watching it and the fans make it fun. Now, now people might be thinking, what does this have to do with marketing? Oh yeah. And, and the answer is nothing. It's just, (laughs) it's just important to know the the people that you're, you're listening to. So let me be very candid about soccer. I think soccer is literally the worst sport ever. (laughs) Worse than golf? Oh, way worse than golf. You like golf. Uh, Yeah, I like golf. Way worse than golf. Let me tell you why. Uh, and this may be unpopular, but whatever. Uh, soccer. So you mentioned uh, there are very few goals. Mm-hmm. I think any sport where you can go the entire game with zero points is a terrible sport. That's one thing. <laughs> Second thing, uh, the the amount of time it takes for them to get the ball from one side <laughs> to the other, and then one person in one second can kick it all the way back and destroy the progress uh-huh. they just they just made in the last however many minutes it took them to do that yep. is too stressful. Uh, and those are, those are the main reasons I don't yeah. like soccer. I, I mean, people, people come to me and they're like, well, these guys, they're so athletic. It's like, yeah, they're athletic. They're running the whole time. Guess what? I wouldn't watch someone run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring. That's boring. So what about uh, hockey then? Hockey is similar. Hockey. I mean, at least there's fighting in hockey, right? They can well. fight and it's legal. Like can't do that in soccer. <laughs> I do. I, here's the thing I do like about soccer. I like the clips that are compiled uh, uh showing all the crap they try to get away with like all the kicking and yes. pulling and, and hitting uh but that's that's rare and usually that's the thing that you miss when you blink mm-hmm. and you have to watch the replay anyway anyway so that's that's those are my <laughs> thoughts on soccer but i really like marketing and yes. i like sales yes it's, so. And that's what it is. It's like we're just trying to fill a stadium. And I actually was reading some really awesome articles on how to market without a winning team and how to build your brand. And it's about the club culture that you have to have. And so there's so much that goes into it because we think of it, you know, anytime soccer, basketball, anything like that, it's like we're, it's entertainment, right? It's, it's entertainment and yeah. you got to fill the seats somehow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I forgot to finish my outline, but we're going to talk networking for the next little while. After mm-hmm. that, we'd like to get into, uh, kind of uh, what Brandon and I mostly experience through sales, and that is people emailing us all the time and people cold calling us. So some uh, there are some businesses where that's where they get their sales, and that's fine. And, and if it didn't work, people wouldn't do it. So we'd like to uh, maybe spend some time picking your brain about best practices, uh, whether that's how to write a subject line or um, what to say, what not to say, things like that. Perfect. Okay, so uh, with networking, where I want to start is actually with Brandon. So right. Brandon, Brandon, uh, Brandon works for Dev Mountain, but he's also an entrepreneur. He's started his own businesses. Uh, and he, I, I remember there was a time where he, I mean, he's always hated networking, but I think he's recognized the benefit yeah. and the power of networking. So he spent, he has spent a lot of time focused on networking. Uh, I want to know what your experiences are and, uh, and, and, and where you think you went wrong. And then I, I'd like Nina to kind of fill in the, in the gaps. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I pretty much know where I've gone wrong. And so like, <laughs> it's weird, like public speaking, I have no fears at all. Like if someone's like, can you get up and, and give a presentation in front of a thousand people? No problem. I think it's because there's like, there's an expectation. Everyone knows I'm getting up. They're prepared. I think with networking, I'm very much an introverted person, uh, especially when it comes to networking. So when I go to networking events, I blow it by just like basically sitting there waiting for someone else to like make the move and be like, yeah. Hey, how you doing, man? I've seen you before or whatnot. So you're treating it like you would treat speed dating. Uh, sure. <laughs> you, yeah. you just sit there and, and wait for someone to come up and, and tell them like the fact that I themselves. found someone to marry, uh, was a, was a miracle because I'm like, just suck at like reaching out. Uh, and so that's where like, and so some people would reach out and like, Hey, like, and, they, and then we'd have, you know, a great conversation. But I know that when you go to networking events, that's when you should kind of, get out of your box a little bit and just go up. And so I never know the icebreakers. I never know if I'm bothering someone. 
Uh, and it's just like, it's always just been like opposite of my personality. Whereas I'm fine, like cold emailing someone or, or even phone calls, phone calls. I also suck at, and it just involves me like personally interacting with someone yeah, who's not expecting my out there. Inter- yeah, putting myself out there. I've just been terrible. And so you're I, afraid of rejection. Maybe that's, I think not that's, maybe you are. Yeah. I've, what's I, the worst I, that could happen? I always tell myself every time I do something, what's the worst that could genuinely happen right now? Yeah. Well, you, I, I never you even know. You could make yourself look so stupid. <laughs> like I never know. Like I, I'll go to a startup. So I guess giving you some context, one of the startups that I, I did was called Market Campus, and it was like a, a course where entrepreneurs or people who have startups can go through and learn how to market their business better through like oh. SEO and stuff like that. So naturally, you go to like entrepreneur events and startup events. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those people could be potential people where they can't afford to hire like an expensive agency. They got to learn how to market themselves. And I've got like a super cheap, affordable product that can help them. The problem is I never know like how to like, I don't want to like approach them like, Hey man, you want to buy my course? Uh, but I also you don't like, know how to add context in a way that doesn't make it sound too salesy. Yeah. I, I know, I know that the key is just to sit down and be like, Hey, what do you do? Tell me more about your business. Oh, that's cool, man. And I've had those conversations, but then I just suck at the follow up. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't, I appreciate and I respect the network marketing game because I know it's very effective. I just have always sucked at it. All right, Nina, I, I feel like there are a few things that we could yeah. pick out there. I, I'd love Definitely. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost is like just putting yourself out there. Like everybody's there. And, and for the most part, very few people want to be there. I'm one of those weird extroverts who's like, I get excited to go events like this because I think of who I'm going to meet. I'm like, who am I going to meet today? What conversations am I going to have? And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's so funny because everybody always wants like these icebreakers. I'll, I'll go to networking events and they'll, you know, they'll have like these, these kind of cliche, just terrible icebreakers. And, and maybe they're helpful for some people, but mm-hmm. it almost, it's just starting the conversation. I will seriously scan the room and I look for people like you that are standing around not talking to anyone because I think, okay, they're uncomfortable. How can I'm I make this person ahead. feel as uncomfortable as exactly. possible? <laughs> but see, I do it in such a wonderful way that it comes across so, so, so you don't kind. like the modified pickup lines for icebreakers? No, although I will give compliments, but they're genuine. Like yeah. they're genuine compliments. It's a great way to start a conversation with a compliment. Also, if there's ever drinks, go to the bar because everybody's going over to the bar to get their liquid courage yeah. and if even if I don't get a drink or even if I just go and order one guess what you're gonna do while you're standing in the line you're gonna notice who else spot or got the same drink as you <laughs> you're gonna, it, it becomes a, that becomes an icebreaker right because we're in Utah and you've just walked up to the one bar line that there yeah. is oh and- you drink <laughs> Tell me more about your other passions. Uh, one thing I noticed, Brandon, is that you you mentioned that you are not afraid to uh, do public speaking because like there's an expectation and you're prepared. Well, even and when someone reaches out to me, it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm totally fine. It's like making it's the initiation. Yeah, and, that and, I yeah. just dread. And, and, and yeah. I think I think I think if you go about it the same way you go about preparing for a presentation where you research what companies or what people are going to be there and then you prepare what what you're going to say you can you can isolate and find that person and already be prepared uh i mean this is not necessarily directed at you Mm -hmm. but anyone uh in in taking time prior to even showing up to prepare what and who you're going to be talking about the other thing i hate about networking i don't know if you deal with this as well but uh and we've we've briefly mentioned this on past episodes but like you go to an event enough that there's certain people where they just like, once they meet you, they just like attach themselves to you. And the second you show up, they're like, Hey, Nina, what's up? How you doing again? And you're like, and it's those people you're just like, I, you're so weird. I do not want to talk to you. <laughs> See, I'm and a then floater. you like kind of avoid the events and maybe you're just not like that, but there's certain people where like, there's certain events where I just like, no, if I go there, there's this person, this person, this person, and they're going to like follow me around like a puppy dog the whole time. Oh. And, it just, and it's, and it's just annoying, but I had no idea you were so influential. I know that everybody just follows you around. You have so many ducklings. I know. I, I think I need you. some cues from so. you. I don't. I don't have people following me around. <laughs> well, well, something else that was mentioned that reminded me is like having someone like a Nina as like a wingman, mm-hmm. where if you if you yourself aren't confident enough or don't feel comfortable enough, and you find someone who is who can introduce you to to specific people and kind of get you started. That'd be I a think great that business that, right there. Like hire a wingman for an event. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that's the best part about networking and how I try to do it is that like, you you know, you sit and I try to talk to, I, if I go to an event, there's not a speaker at, I have a minimum of 10 people that I want to come 10 touch points. So there's 10 people that I want to be able to meet if there's not another activity going on. So I think the first thing is setting a goal and having a goal in mind, because then it kind of sets you up for an expectation within yourself. So it's kind of like prepping for a presentation. And uh, there are times where I walk into a room and I have to take that second to just take a big deep breath and say you know what just go be yourself and I always try to find something I'm I'm not one of those people that does my pitch on mm -hmm. you know it's like I hi I'm Nina I work with RSL and 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 what do you do that's always and and that's a I think that's the biggest key point get them talking about themselves people love to talk about themselves and you get to gleam these wonderful things from them and when you listen to what they have to say and how they're saying it you can start filling in the gaps of what they're going to what their company is going to need just from a personal perspective yeah that's a i think that's a good segue into into one of the topics i really want to talk about and that is the pitch mm -hmm. right because if we're talking about networking for the purpose of uh gaining business from somebody uh and it's not just pointless there's the short game and then mm -hmm. there's a the long game absolutely so uh hypothetical situation and i say hypothetical but this happens all the time mm -hmm. You go to a networking event and your goal, you said 10 people. Uh, I imagine your goal isn't necessarily just to have 10 touch points, but you probably have a goal to uh, further along whatever business goals that you have. Yeah. So at what point are you, um, are you pitching? It's probably different depending on how you're reading the people you're talking to and how interested they are. Yeah. But what's, what's the process you go through when, um, when determining when the pitch gets dropped? So it, it was going to vary from person to person. It's going to vary from event to event. Uh, it's going to vary from company to company and the size of their company. Uh, a lot of the ones that I do, I actually will pitch my passion projects first. I never go at anybody with, because everybody's there to try to make a sale, right? Everybody's there to build businesses. And I want people to know not just the business part that I want to build. I want help with my give back, my passion projects for um, you know, it's like, I'm, I won't do a mentor night where we bring girls out. It's like, I, I find the things that I'm doing to give back to the community. And it's a really great way to get into people's hearts and to be able to talk about the things that, you know, mean the most to you. And, and those are the types of things that bring people coming back. And I'm definitely one of those people for most companies. It's a long game for me because I don't see, you know, if I don't make a deal right away with somebody, I never write them off because I, I always keep people in my in my pocket more, you know, more or less of just I want to know people and I want to hear everybody's pitch because I sit there and I could tell you so many people throughout this whole valley that I could do so many things with because I see the value in, in the human factor. And I think that's the difference is like, let's take out the business aspect of it and let's start growing our, you know, our personal stuff with this and really kind of getting back to that human factor and relationship building on an individual basis to let people want to do business with you. People are going to come to me because I'm going to follow through with what I'm going to say I'm going to follow through with and I'm a passionate person and they're going to want to do business with me even if it's not now, even if it's three years from now, it's it's going to happen. You know, in fact, actually, that's how I met. That's actually how I got started with this podcast was through Greg. He was um, he is the CEO of Zig Ziglio and he was on here and I actually met Greg three years ago on a plane. We were both coming back from a work trip and sat down and just started talking to each other and immediately became friends and just kind of maintained that friendship. And three years later, it just made sense for us to re you know, truly reach out in a business and not just a personal sense and really just kind of do something bigger together. And, and I think that's the value in it is that it's not and what people have to understand. It may not come tomorrow. Your pitch may not be able to be given three days from now. And it may be a company that it falls flat on, but still keep those people because they're good people to have around. They're good people to know. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about how you met Greg. Mm -hmm. I love Greg. We, we love Greg. Too. So <laughs> you, you were on a plane. I'm, I, I was trying to visualize this. You sat uh -huh. next to each other on the uh -huh. plane. We were and it was sitting... just random. Like you just yep, sat next just to each totally other. Just totally random. And you're on your way back to Salt Lake. Uh huh. We were on our way back to Salt Lake. And, uh, and I had, I used to do events. And so I was coming back from working really long days. I did slide the city. And so it was just very long hours. And, and of course, I, I ordered a drink. 
See, see, good segue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we just started talking and laughing and uh, and I always try to find the things that I'm passionate about to try to make connections with people. So music is a huge one for me, and and I know it is for a lot of people. So if you can get people talking about music and and make those connections, and that's how I did. You know, Greg and I started talking about it. The funny thing was is that we already knew we were going to be friends. We already knew it was going to happen and that we it, we were just stuck together. Yeah. But we landed and we got Wi-Fi and we pull up our Facebook to become friends and we have two mutual friends. One of which is my husband's college roommate and the other one was my 38-year-old uncle who went to high school with Greg. Like wow. it's so random, like in Washington, Utah, yeah. you know, of all places. And so I think that there are these there are these type of connections that can happen at any given time and just being open to them. So you're very extroverted, I can tell. <laughs> Greg is extroverted. Yes. Who, who was the one talking the most? I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Like who was who who was who was leading in that dance? Yeah, no, I don't think there was any leader, but our poor seatmates, especially the person sitting next to us, I'm sure was probably. I'm sure anybody that was within a certain yeah. radius was was done. That's cool. Yeah, we like Greg. Uh, okay, so what about identifying the people uh, who are a waste of time? And, and maybe I mean you were talking about yeah. the human side, but I imagine as you're networking, someone comes along and. I don't know what the characteristics are, but you're like, oh, I, I don't want to waste my time talking to this person when there are other people uh, that would. That sounds terrible. Yeah, like, but I mean, <laughs> but it is. I mean, we have to think this is a business sense, yeah. though. We're talking about growing your business. And if there's somebody that you meet that you're like, you can't actually help me. You know, I always try to think, OK, well, is there any way that I could help them? And it, usually there is, even if it's something small, even if it's just me when they pitched me and I'm like, you're not the right company for me. But, you know, have you looked into this and this? I, that's where my networking continues to grow because I'm like, oh, I actually know somebody that would be able to help you out. Let me give you their contact info. And and even though they're not right for me, that doesn't mean that they're not right for something bigger overall. Okay. How do you get rid of your three followers that <laughs> follow you around? I just uh, don't show up anymore, I guess. You go into the ladies' bathroom or what? Uh, well, I eventually did. I think you just had to like find some. That's uh, oddly enough, usually that's what kind of forces me to then go start a new conversation. So they finally leave. It's awkward when they follow and they just like stand in the middle of you. And you're like, I'm trying to have a conversation with this person. But I do have one question that came up. Well, before we go on, am I one of the three that. No, you're not. One of the just three. follow you around. Like, <laughs> We've talked about Are some you of secretly. The uh, yeah. You secretly trying to hint no, at? No, I would love for you to follow me around. I need <laughs> the wingman idea you had. Like honestly, if you if you ever want to leave RSL and start a uh, <laughs> I, a wingman service where it's like, hey, introverted uh, entrepreneur, or whatever, I'll uh, pay me this and I'll follow you around and I'll just help introduce you. Yeah, I think. Bam! I think, I there's think, a service. Yeah, I, I, I think that's... that already exists. It's called uh, escorts. Oh, okay. <laughs> we need like the hitch of network marketing, basically. Yeah. But my question is like so network marketing super powerful but is it for everyone in the sense of i guess the company so let's say i sell uh like i guess really like b2b it's for sure like network marketing is huge when you get into the consumer market or or a a consumer product does it make less sense like or is it is networking valuable there i'm trying to think of an example product if i sold if i sold lip balm would i make network marketing a priority still if i has some lip balm company or it's a startup and I'm trying to obviously meeting investors and whatnot, but again, that's more of the B2B angle. But do you ever see like a B2C company investing in like someone like, yeah, go out and network. Or, or I and, actually, and stuff like that. I do maybe not for lip balm, maybe unless it's the bomb.com <laughs> lip balm. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Whoa, you know and, <laughs> there's an idea. I, there is. That's a good name. Um, I, I think that there still is because there's still other things that businesses need. And even just creating those contacts. I met a girl the other day who um, she sells jewelry. Um, I, I am not a jewelry person. I have gauges and I wear a sports watch. That's all you'll like virtually ever see on me is it's just I'm not a jewelry person. But I still kind of so she was at a networking event because she's trying to meet other people and she's, of course, wanting people to maybe host parties for her and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I still see the value in it. I see the value in it more of like the business aspect of it, because if you have lip balm, then do you have somebody who is um, doing your marketing? Do you have somebody 
somebody doing your design work? Do you have somebody doing your fulfillment? Who's doing your, you know, where are you getting your product itself? Do you have something? There's, there's always some gap. There's always somebody who can do it better. And rather than trying to reinvent the wheel, let's utilize the, the stuff that's out there. And if your lip balm company is an MLM, then yes, networking is yes. very important. <laughs> that's true. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so with networking, you, uh, I'm, I'm trying to come up with like a, a good scenario. Um, first of all, how often do you go to networking events? Oh, heavens. Um, I try to do a minimum of three a week. Wow. Mm -hmm. So like what counts as a networking event? Um, I, so I'm the, w does this count? <laughs> no, this does not count as a networking okay. event. Usually it's usually their luncheons. And so I try to, so, uh, I was actually invited to go to the NAACP luncheon that was just on Monday on, um, for Martin Luther King Jr. Absolutely amazing event. And, um, it was, it was a really cool thing to be at, but that counts as a networking one that you get to meet people and it was a luncheon and it, it costs money. That's pretty much, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> classification of what I would say a networking event is and usually I try to do I think three is usually pretty good because any more than that you can't genuinely follow up with people I think that's one of the things too because you had mentioned it's like you go out and you network and then it's like what do you do from there and me personally this is going to come back to music I pop my headphones in nobody's allowed to talk to me and I sit down with all my business cards and I uh and I will have an email for them and like day of or next day I never go more than a couple days after just because you're going to forget and you know I go back into our you know in digital marketing we use our CRM I go back into my CRM and I make personal notes about them. And I will say... Personal? Absolutely. 100%. Like how many 100%. kids they have? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because I think there's that that personal factor. And, and if something's coming up, then, then I want to be able to ask them about it. Um, before I worked for RSL, I worked for a plastic surgeon's office. And I was their patient coordinator. So I would, after the doctors would say what would happen, I would walk in and say, this is how much it's going to cost. And this is why you should do it. So I've kind of always been in sales. But my note section on every single one of the patients was very extensive because I would spend time with them and I would want to get to know them. And so when I called to do a follow-up, I could ask them be like, Hey, you, how was your concert that you went to in March? And that, that personal factor, that personal touch. And, and, and I think that's the thing too, is that it's genuine. It's genuine coming from me and people know when it's genuine, when it's not. So mm -hmm. creating that, um, that type of networking where you're, using that personal touch is huge to be able to remember that. Yeah. I, I don't think I could ever be in sales because I, <laughs> I, I can't be genuine like that. I, I, I could take copious <laughs> notes and I could say, Hey, how's your, how's your, how was your four year old's birthday? Mm -hmm. But it would come off so bad. Yeah. Just and they'd be like, yeah. what do you want? <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Cause let's get that out of the way. Um, okay. So, uh, from an RSL standpoint, I imagine that's where these networking events are stemmed from. You're doing it for your job. Yep. Absolutely. Um, what, uh, what, who's your target audience? Like how do you, how do you weed out and find the people that you actually need to network with? So I, I honestly believe that there's no company too small, especially with RSL, especially with the different packages that they have. And so I really try to, even the small businesses and, you know, and that's the thing too, with the, when you go to networking events, they're not, they're not sending their decision makers. I am not a decision maker within RSL, but I know the people that are. And, and it's the same thing with the other people that you're networking with. And so basically it's just starting that conversation. So, and you might meet someone that maybe doesn't have a fit for you, but they know somebody that does, which is where that personal interaction becomes very important. You know, it's like I, I in fact, I have been working with uh, a lawyer on something completely unrelated to RSL and he's been helping me out and he, we started talking about our passion projects and we've been working together for a month and a half. I didn't pitch him on what I wanted for a month and a half in and a month and a half in, I get 10 contacts from him. He said, you need to get in touch with these following people because he yeah. trusts me now. And yeah. it's like, we have a relationship that we've built. 
So um, you're talking to a lawyer. That sounds ominous. Is that like for some warrants you've got out? <laughs> yeah, and it, right. it just takes six weeks after the warrant stuff is taken yeah, care of. You feel so comfortable. He's actually really wonderful. He is offering up his services for free. So my husband's a Sandy City firefighter. He's a captain. And uh, he's the lawyer's actually coming out and he's doing free will and estate planning for all of Sandy police and fire. Wow. So yeah. That's kind cool. Of a, yeah. Very cool service that he's going to offer for everybody. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, I, I want to kind of transition uh, to some of the email cold calling stuff. Yeah. Is that something that you do a lot of? Cold, yes. Um, per, I prefer to do it through networking. Um, I always joke, I have this joke that if you ever read an email me from me for the first time, you're going to be like, why are there so many exclamation points? And then you meet me and you understand why there are so many exclamation <laughs> points in an email. So I always try to, even I'm if I have to go someone, back and look at our emails, <laughs> even if I go, uh, even if I am sending a, a, a cold email or if it's like, if I'm e-meeting someone, I always try to set a date to meet somebody in person. Nobody wants to read a lengthy email. That's a big thing. Nobody wants to read this big, long book of everything. It's like, just get to the point and you know, and, and so a lot of the sales stuff that I do, I try to do in person because it, it has, you know, and, and over the phone and in person because it has more more gravity to it than more weight to it than if you just are emailing someone. Yeah. So as far as managing people's expectations who may be small business owners and thinking about doing email or cold calling, what can they expect? Like if, if they're going to, I imagine it works because people do it all the time. All the time it does so how uh i don't necessarily know how to how to phrase this but if if, if you're to send out a hundred emails cold mm -hmm. emails how many of those should you anticipate even being answered oh see that's for me i sent out over 100 emails and got like two back which is why the cold emails for especially for the corporate side for what i do yeah. other small businesses you can they can be effective um when i worked at the plastic surgeon's office it was really effective to send them out because it's a product that they are already researching or wanting and so i think if you have the right demographic and that you're targeting your emails correctly they can be very instrumental in being able to get your point across but i i also find too that like the mass emails that they they don't get read they get deleted and so having that more personal approach and doing maybe smaller batches of emails can make a big difference you know if you're just putting something out for an event that's one thing but if you can take and you can choose smaller targets and have a more personalized email even though it's going out to you know maybe it's going out to 50 people instead mm -hmm. of you know 10, 200 yeah you know i mean yeah, yeah it'll make a big difference if you can hone in on certain things that will attract them to what you're selling okay and what about best practices as far as improving your odds that your email gets read or replied? Oh, that's a rough one. See, that's why there's CRM. So you can actually track if your email was read just by, and that's a big thing too, is, you know, I mean, I, any small business owner have one, have a CRM. You need to have something to be what able to What CRM are you guys system. using? Um, so we use something called Fan360. It's for specific like for, sports it's for sports mm. specific yeah so it, it will pull stuff from our ticketing office and pulls that information and it builds profiles on yeah. people and, and that's huge because then you know when you send out emails you can see what's clicked on you can yeah. see what was effective yeah you can target towards a specific audience absolutely so you can target your season pass holders mm -hmm. or people who have been once or who haven't been in the last 12 months or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, if you've only been one time or, you know, I mean, at those ones, like don't even bother sending an email, give a phone call. And, and I do that too, where if I meet someone in person or if I cold email and then I'll set a reminder to do a follow-up email. And then if I don't get in and, and usually I won't do a second follow-up email, I'll do an email and then I do a phone call and then I do an email. And I figure after those three touch points, if I haven't, if I can't get in touch with someone, one after those three touch points sometimes i'll try one more phone call and it's like you know what it's just not the thing for them right now which is totally fine and that's the other thing too is like just tell people no is somebody who's a salesperson like if you're not interested just be honest <laughs> mm -hmm. okay <laughs> hang on because this is really interesting to me because uh i don't i i want i ignore it 100 of the time <laughs> Uh, the, I, I'll share two instances where a, uh, an email has actually captured my attention. I've responded in a way that's like, oh, I really like that. But before I get to that, um, you're saying respond back and say no as just a courtesy. 
Yeah. Is that right? If you, yeah, I mean, just respond if you're not interested because it, it still opens a dialogue because that's the big part is like, well, why are you saying no? You know, it's like, even if it's through text, if it's through phone, it's through email, it's like, why are you telling me no? Because give me something to overcome because why you're saying no might be something that you don't know we offer. I mean, like we'll use season tickets, for example. Yeah. Somebody might say, okay, well, I don't be, want to be a season ticket holder. It's like, well, do you know we offer half season or do you know we offer mini packs or there's always something else to offer. So it's like, just start that dialogue. <laughs> this is really funny to me because that's exactly what I want to prevent happening. <laughs> If I respond and I say, no, thank you, what that tells them is that they just got a valid email <laughs> and, and, and that opens the door to why. Why are you saying mm -hmm. no? Let me solve this problem for yeah. you. And, and in some cases, I totally get that. But in others, it's like this this product or service or whatever has absolutely nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like there is no way that I will ever be interested in doing this. Um, and, and anyway, so that to some extent, like I'm like, yes. I'm like, Nina, I'm really sorry that I, I ignore <laughs> like the salespeople and make them feel bad. Uh, you shouldn't though. <laughs> but if the product's not right for you, it's not right for you. You know, I, I texted somebody back the other day. Um, there's a, a new gym opening up and yeah. they were texting me and I texted them back and I was like, I think you're too expensive. And they tried starting a dialogue and I would just ignore them. I'm like, nope, I just told you that you're too expensive and that's my no to you yeah. and you can't overcome that. And so yes, in the case like that, unless that's they lower their them. price <laughs> and, and, and what happens, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here is if someone says no, thank you. And then you ask why, and they give you a reason and then you solve that reason. And then they're still saying no, it's because you didn't really get to the root of the problem. And in some yeah. cases, I don't want you to know the root of the problem. I just yeah. want to move on, you know, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon's well, nodding his head. Well, my question is, do you think is price one of the most common no's you get? Like our company just can't afford it. It's just yes, not in the absolutely. budget. Absolutely. How do you typically try to overcome that situation if prices uh then why is the price point if there's something else we can do it's just filling that fulfilling whatever need that they have because not every company has those big budgets some of them and it's like well we can do stuff on the back end where you pay for half the ticket or we give a discount code or there's there's things that there's there's always some way to overcome that for the most part mm -hmm. of as far as pricing but yeah pricing definitely is one that kind of gets you or companies yeah. like yeah we don't have the budget for that so price <laughs> is also a tool used um, in strategic places during the pitch, right? Yes. So some people, I think most people want to hear it up front, but salespeople typically like to give a little context before the price is shared. Mm -hmm. uh, where, where in the process should price land? And obviously that depends probably, but yeah, I, I think it depends on, you know, I always tight like to listen first and find out, you know, cause if somebody's telling me that they, you know, don't have a budget, I always ask them, okay, what have you done in the past? What, what are the types of things you've done in the past? Because that'll give me a good idea of what their budget is without actually asking. And then I do think that pricing should be something that you discuss fairly early on, but you do need to build the value. So there's always like that, that balance that you have to have. And for everybody, it's going to be different. That's, that's such a difficult answer in the regard that selling is so fluid in how you do it. And you have to be doing it for that person. There's no like cut and dry outline of this is exactly what you have to do because you have to individualize it. You have to personalize it. And if you do, people will realize that and, hmm. and being able to find yeah. that for them. How important is it to, for a salesperson to be passionate about what they're selling? It, extremely. You can't sell if you're not passionate about it. People will get it. People will know. They just, they, there's no way around it. You, people see the passion that you have and if you have negative feelings about what you're selling or anything like that it's going to come through and i've i've had things that i had to walk away from because i'm like i don't believe in this i don't believe in the product and or it could even be the back end of i don't believe in this company i know what this company is doing and, yeah. and i don't agree with it so i think it's very important so how has your success changed from when you first started at rail salt lake when you weren't really into soccer yeah to now not being like the biggest fan, but at least watching it with no commercials. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, it honestly has been kind of this whirlwind of a journey for me. And that's why I wanted to talk about networking was because the, all of what I have done to date has been from going to networking events, reaching out to my prior contacts and just asking, you know, asking, say, hey, do you know somebody within this company, you know? And, and, and so I went from, you know, working a nine to five desk job, you know, I 
at a plastic surgeon's office to working for RSL and um, going to all these events and, you know, getting VIP passes, being invited last weekend to the, or this week to the NAACP thing mm-hmm. and having constant invites to things. It's, I get to the point where I actually don't have to check for things anymore because people are reaching out saying you need to come to this. And so I, yeah, it's when I, when I don't have to try and other people are like, come be a part of this amazing event because you're so wonderful. That does feel pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hit a point like where you're so like your network is so big that you hit a point where you start saying no to either invites. I don't know if people like, Hey, you want to, you want to get lunch? You want to do this? Like at what point, or I guess, how do you decide like what to say no to? and what to say yes to? Um, I always try to first try to say yes to the bigger things. Mm -hmm. And then if I have time to meet with the smaller companies then, or or I will try to do a phone call with the smaller ones because it's, but yes, I do, I have to say no. In fact, I I was actually joking the other day that I need to create a spreadsheet of all of the stuff that I go to and what days they normally meet on and maybe even take it to them and say, hey, you know that you're meeting on a day every single month that three other networking groups meet on. If you want to have a better turnout, you should think about switching it so that I definitely have to say no I definitely have and and where I sit on the WBN board I have to go to those events and I want to go to those events I want to make the WBN the, the most amazing that it can be and so I do have to say no to certain events especially when it comes to women in business there are so many different networking groups out there and resources and i think that's that's another way to look at it is the resources the all of these all of these events that people put on they're opportunities for you and if you look at it as an opportunity and not as this oh it's a networking event it's something i have to go do as a a a relationship building thing of you know who are you going to meet today who what is going to occur today that is going to change the trajectory of your life or your business or you know it's uh, this uh on the other day i went to a networking event and we had a speaker and she talked about how she ended up sitting next to the ceo of kellogg's on a plane you know what's the what's the what are the chances of that and you know there was a whole story behind it of you know why he didn't have his private plane and stuff like that but you know it's just it's putting yourself out there it's being available interesting I had a random question come to mind. Do you uh, do you prefer to get to events like early, early? Oh heavens, yes. Do you show it fashion? Oh, wow, early? she's passionate about getting there early. <laughs> so you like like yes. when people are just, she's like scouting it out. Yeah, wait, uh, waiting for the food to come out. It's still not out. <laughs> Why don't wait for the food to come out? But I, <laughs> I do. Um, I want to get there very first thing, and I never pick a seat. I think that's a big thing. I never pick a seat right away because I'm one of the first people to arrive. I'm one of the last people to leave because there's always going to be people that I see from across the room, or if somebody gets up and says something, and I think I want to talk to that person. And sometimes it means I wait after at networking events where you know it's like I show up early, I stay late. You're gonna get out of anything that you put into it. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you put into these events, the idea that you're going to build relationships and help build your business, it makes it easier to show up early and to stay late and be prepared. But that's a big thing is not seat picking and never sit in the back. Never sit. <laughs> those are like, those are two of my rules of I never sit in the back and I never pick a seat first because you never know what opportunities are going to happen when you start talking to people and you might find in the very, you might find, you know, mid way through before it's time to eat lunch hey you know what i need to sit next to you because you're somebody that i could do business with and if i keep talking to you i might be able to pitch you by the end of this event and and so you just have to be strategic about it i think brandon has the exact opposite rules where he always picks his seat <laughs> and he always sits in the back i don't know about the back but well, i, I, I tend that. to i tend to walk in just like sit down so <laughs> i'm learning a lot here i feel like i'm in like a therapy session <laughs> right now <laughs> Good. I hope you get something out of it. Well, one question that I guess, I guess kind of leads back to the email stuff. Let's yeah. say you meet someone, we'll say Jacob hypothetically, uh, and you guys are getting along. Uh, you're you know a lot of small talk and whatnot. Hard to believe, but yeah. hard to believe that you get along with along. Jacob. Yeah. But let's say it happens, and Jacob maybe mentions something that that alerts you that he might be interested. Maybe he says, yeah, you know, we'd like, we've been talking as a company to do more fun stuff and yeah. go to events and you know, nothing ever comes up. He, he's aware of what you do and whatnot. And that's why he brought it up. But then it kind of ends and it's like, well, great. You know, and maybe you guys exchanged 
emails or i don't know maybe you don't exchange email. i don't know if you make it a point to always get contact information afterwards of course okay. why would you not that's the whole point of it <laughs> <laughs> so you do well okay let me back up then how do you approach that because especially if people know that oh this person's in sales they mm-hmm. kind of know uh, am i going to start getting pestered because there are salesmen out there who just start hey, hard hey, selling all the time on, really you're going to lower her whole career no, down to one word of pestering <laughs> i'm saying like there's there's great sales people and there's bad sales people out Absolutely. there and, and they and they which give, type are you nina oh i think i'm a great sales i imagine you're i great. would imagine yeah. that as well so i guess before i get to that question then what's the process of like how do you naturally kind of ask for a, do you go for the phone number? Do you go for the email? Is there a preference that you have? And how do you go about that? Yeah. So uh, one of two things. I always carry business cards, um, and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, it's like, oh, we'd love to swap business cards with you. I always do that, but I do it before I leave. I don't ever walk up to somebody and hand them my business card. It's usually something that happens, like, oh, you know, I'm actually getting ready to, or, you know, I'm start a conversation with somebody else, or I'm going to go do something else. It's I want to swap business cards. I also love. I call it my party trick. And how, I, how, how have we gotten 45 minutes into this? And we and this is the first time we're hearing something about a party trick. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's through LinkedIn. I always show people, and it's uh, a great way. Especially, I'm obviously a female. I'm a dress person, and so I never have pockets. I never have pockets. It's the most frustrating thing as a woman. If I have a dress that has pockets, I am the happiest person ever. And so I always have my phone with me, though. You're always counted on to have your phone. So on LinkedIn, if you go down to the app, and then you go to little people person and then there's a little button up at the top that's find nearby and if you click that and both of you click it at the same time it'll actually find Mm. you guys and you can click add and so that way you don't have a stack of business cards that are going to get crumpled up you have a, a person on your linkedin that you can actually then go through and research what their title is after the fact mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to know based on their title and looking through the linkedin you know what decision makers they are and i creep on people and maybe you know it's like i will go to your linkedin and i will find your company information and then i'm going to research your company and then i'm going to use your company uh, research to be able to say okay who else works here and i'll click on it and then i'll look to see if i have mutual connections with people or if i know somebody within that company Hmm. so i think there's a lot of ways to use technology to kind of leverage that i have a particular set of skills (laughs) this is interesting (laughs) i assume you get lots of random invites from people you've never met on linkedin do you accept those or are you very strategic about like, no, I have to know or somehow talk to you. So I do accept them, but then I send them a message and I say, you know, what, what were you specifically interested in? Or can we make a what connection some way? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What you want? <laughs> uh, I, I accept everyone just because it's like, well, now when I like, cause as a marketer, I'm thinking if I have 2000, you know, contacts, right. I, I can post something and it's going to reach a wider audience. But then the problem is, is like every person I meet, they're like, Oh, you're connected with these seven people. It's like, I don't actually know who they are. They, they just that's invite. Bri- that's Brandon's party trick. He <laughs> just accepts all invites. Well, yeah, some people hate that. It's like I never accept all. I only accept people who are actually my network. So it's like it's true when it says that you're connected with two other people. But yeah, I've seen both back and forth. Hmm. But getting to my question, I guess so that gives me the, the, a good way of like how to add people. When do you fall? Like, do you have like a process of? Jacob seems like he's someone I want to follow up on. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference of whether it's phone or email to follow up? And then how do you do that? Like, is there a certain wording you tend to use or a certain way? Or is it just like, hey, let's meet up for lunch or let's do a phone call? Like, what what have you found that that works best in terms of timing and the approach? The transition from getting to know you to your pitch. Basically, yeah. You're starting to move into the, we're we're prospecting you as a customer. Yeah. So definitely same day, day after first email, you're going to get a first touch point from me. Um, And then I'm going to say, what's your schedule like for the next two weeks? And it's going to, and sometimes it's three weeks if my schedule is a little bit booked out Mm -hmm. or if we're towards like today I was sending out emails and I was like, what's your schedule like starting a little bit later? Cause I've already got stuff booked. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be number one is getting in front of them again, because you, once you meet someone, especially when you go to a lot of networking events, it's very easy to forget who people are. And so that's also why I make the detailed notes. Uh, and so you want to be able to meet somebody within the next two weeks because you want to stay relevant and you want to be on people's mind. And if I can constantly be on someone's mind, that's a good thing. If I can, if you're thinking Not about just in business yeah, and 
<laughs> and not just in business. You know, if I can, if I can be a priority to people and make myself a priority to people, that's huge. And so, you know, meeting somebody and then setting a meeting and whether it's a phone call because we can't get in person or, you know, doing something in person. I love going to meet people for coffee. I will go. I don't even care if it's two in the afternoon be like, yep, I need to pick me up. Let's go for coffee. So, you know, meeting in person again and, and really just having those follow-ups, uh, whether it's my emails are always really short too, to answer one of your questions. Like mm. I don't do long involved emails because they just don't do well. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sit there and read through all of it. I speak very quickly very quickly so it's like just come hang out just come hang out and i will just chat your ear off and i'll listen to you and it'll be great you know it's like nobody wants to really communicate a ton through email when you're doing that business building the deal closing and stuff like that that'll start being through email but anytime you can get somebody in person meet them do an email do another follow-up and just Mm -hmm. be stay relevant stay relevant with them and is your goal to get Jacob back on the phone, like learn more, or do you prefer just like, let's keep it on email and go back and forth? Oh no, phone, or if I'm gonna get to know you, let's do it over the phone or in person, and you'll get sucked into an hour long conversation with me pretty quick. <laughs> That's awesome. So I mentioned that I had two stories. They 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 were really, really good, uh, but I'm gonna skip them because uh, we like to uh, kind of carve out a little bit of time for our last segment in the episode, which is digital marketing roulette. Oh yeah. Which I'm pretty excited about. I, it was funny. It was, <laughs> I was trying to be so prepared for the podcast and I was like, I'm going to listen to like all of them. And so I can see what all the potential <laughs> all, all questions are. I'm just going to fast forward through the last little bit, but I did not bring a $10 bill for the bet this time. So I'm not sure who Bets won or are on the house. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. So while Brandon is setting up our roulette table, oh, yeah. uh, I will remind everyone listening uh, we have several questions lined up. We will throw the ball into the roulette table and uh, whatever ball it li- or whatever number it lands on has a corresponding question that we will ask Nina and then all of us will uh, potentially answer the question as well. These can be digital marketing related, sales related, personal questions. Yeah. I say personal every time. It's not really personal. What is it? Fun questions, I think, is what we started calling questions it. About, questions about everything. Yeah. All right. That was a 17. You ever like to know the color, so we'll just stick to the number here. Okay, so 17. <laughs> I got, so I, I worked on some new questions. So we've got, these have never been asked before. Uh, oh, I, well, good I, thing I, I didn't prep for I it. See, <laughs> I, I've never, uh, I, I haven't even seen I try seen not these to yet. repeat. Sometimes I'll repeat. If well, there really are some questions ones. that are, yeah, that are good enough to repeat. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here we've got uh, this one. So you can think of this from like a, your personal, or let me just ask it. If you could be a <laughs> if you could be a fly on the wall for one day at any company, what company would you fly to and be a fly on that wall for a day? You'd have a, to fly there before you. Well, you can transport there, sure. Just transport. <laughs> but you, it could be a competitor. It could be just. I would love to see what this happens inside this company. Is there a company that comes to mind where you just love to watch and see what happens for a whole day? You know, I, this is going to sound weird. I would, mm. it's not because it's not really like a company. It kind of is, but a fire department. I would actually love to one of the bigger fire departments. Um, what like going into New York or getting into a bigger area. It's, it's so crazy to me when you start looking at the, the back end and the top brass is, you know, as they're known and, and to see what their day to day is really like mm-hmm. in those big departments. Um, you know, with my husband being in Sandy, we've, he's been there for 11 years. And so I know a lot of how Sandy works, but I think how cool would it be to know what New York does for their fire department and how big and intricate it must be and how many different levels they have. And it's just, it's, it would be kind of mind blowing to just see how they do their day to day, especially I was just there last August. I do not envy those people. There is no way. (laughs) (laughs) What's most interesting to me about that is that someone is interested in doing something like that. Uh, out of every company in the world, I want to go check out a uh, fire department. Is, I was not expecting that. Yeah. That's a good answer. But when you said fire department in New York, uh, it made me think of Ghostbusters, which would be really cool. That would be really cool. I did get to see it from the outside. Yeah. I did not go in. Um, we didn't have time for that. But, you know, it's so funny, though. When I was in New York, there were sirens and there was stuff happening. And everybody just going about their day to day. I'm like... 
do, do, do people not hear like what's going on? They're like it's all the time. You just you just tune it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get that. Uh, what about you, Brandon? I don't know. This is like I, I like the question when I came up with it, but then I never thought about it myself because <laughs> I I think I was originally thinking from a competing angle, like oh I'll pick one of our competitors. But I'm thinking, but this is like my one opportunity. Like I got to think of something bigger than just scoping out information my competitors and i'm thinking like what's some knowledge i could get that could be valuable so maybe being a fly in like elon musk's desk for a day and just like listening i don't know but then it might be so above my head i don't know i I, it's a good question i i need to i knew you were going to ask me that as soon as you started answering so i'm like (laughs) i need to be ready to answer jacob but but you that's my weak answer is uh i guess hanging out tesla well you ready for a weaker answer i have no idea (laughs) i have no idea and I'm inclined to say nobody because that sounds so boring. Just like sitting in someone's office watching people work. Not even like it your does. boss. You don't want to just follow your boss around for a day and listen. That's the last thing. Yeah, that I no, want. that's, that's <laughs> literally. You don't want to know thing. what they're saying. No, I don't. Right. No, I don't. I don't want to know what they're saying, <laughs> especially about me. Don't need to hear that. Fair enough. All right, next question. All right, let me get the. Uh, the good old ball. There's that ball I dropped on the floor somewhere. <laughs> there we are. Yes. Elon Musk, huh? Like you want to hear him talking about Tesla or you want to hear him talking about SpaceX or what? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like he's, he knows something. Especially he knows when he something. gets he into something. the whole life as a computer simulation. I, you know what? I, I actually would like to, If uh, I know we've already spun and whatever, but I, 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 I'd like to, I'd, maybe Apple, because I'm really interested in what the, the future of uh, Apple products is. Like what products are coming out this year, you know? It's always speculation. People are always like, the AirPods 2 are coming like, out. What scam are they going to push on the consumers this year? Really? <laughs> really? As, <laughs> as you're on a Mac computer, you're going to come at Apple. <laughs> I have beef with every company. But, all right, that was Black 29. Okay, what's Here's back our to question. The colors. Back to our colors. Yeah, what's right. the question there, Brennan? <laughs> uh, working from home versus working in an office space, what brings out the most productive version of you? Ooh, office space for sure. I am an extrovert. I recharge by being around other people. I I worked from home for a while. The worst experience ever. I am very self-motivated. I can do things, but not having people around me drives me crazy. Like even if it's just to joke around for a few minutes and the poor ticketing boys that work in the office with me, they kind of don't know what hit them because I'm, I'm sure they'd love I'm, to be referred to as the poor ticketing boys. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they are, uh, I always feel bad for them. Like I just, I'm, I'm not your typical, I guess, female in the workforce. And I think that I, their jaws dropped several times when I started working there. And so it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's fun to work with them though. And just with everybody, I, I like being around other people. I, I find the value in being alone at times, which is why I stick my earphones in and nobody knows. My boss will actually text me. He's in the same office as me, but if I have my earphones in, he'll text me so that I look up <laughs> so he doesn't startle me. <laughs> so it's bec- it's not because working at home is distracting. You don't have distractions. Abs- nope. It's just that you're just bored and need just, people to yeah. be around. Yeah, okay. I need I need to be, have segues. <laughs> How about you, Jacob? Uh, I'm a I'm a work from the office guy. Same reason. Have you always been that way? Always, yeah. So, uh, so I would have I have three kids. I would be super. My wife would not be able to um, respect my space when I'm working at home. She would just, hey, I got to go to the store, watch the kids, or hey, change that diaper, or whatever. Uh, I yeah, I could not I could not work from home for both those reasons. Yep. I also prefer being around people. I used to be work from home. Now that I have two tiny ones then it's it's been distracting but i want to be a work from home guy but there is something about the office that yeah. i do like is more of a vibe uh it's the culture it's yeah. creating that yeah, culture, culture it's those, for sure the so why do you prefer working from home then why would you want working to from stay? home is nice sometimes just because then it's it's harder for teammates to bug me on stuff like if i'm yeah. zoned in on a on a project that needs to get done by a certain time like we've got slack and i can get to those messages when I have time versus yep. someone could just walk up and be like, Hey, I got a quick question for you. And then that two minute question really is like, now I've got to like spend five minutes getting back into it. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. it's never actually a two minute question. So Nina, do you know your Myers-Briggs personality type? Oh, I used to. So, I mean, you're extroverted, so you'd be an Absolutely. E. So something to know about Brandon, he is literally the exact opposite of me. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, so when you ask him why he wants to work from home, it's because he doesn't like being around people. Oh yeah. No, well, not necessarily. No, that's not. Don't I remember complaining when I was so when I was like purely self-employed. I missed like I remember there's days where I work at home. It's like man, it's kind of depressing just being around me all day. Like it's it's kind of nice to have coworkers Absolutely. to like when you do need a break and like stand up, you can talk to someone or yeah. But I, I, I mean, there's 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 a difference there. You also don't have any friends. If you had friends. <laughs> Sure. If you had friends, that would have satisfied uh, your need to be around people. It's not it's not a coworker thing. It's a people thing. And uh, and because I've asked this guy to go on double dates with me. Uh-huh. He's flat out told me no. He's one of my best friends, but he won't go on a double date with me. Do you not like oh, leaving man. your home? I'm, no, feeling I'm like very a, much a homebody. Very yeah, much a homebody. And his yeah. wife is too. I mean, they're wonderful people, but I, I can't get like, we can't get them out to a restaurant or anything. Yeah, no, I am not a homebody. I'm slowly, it's only taken 11 years, but I've kind of won my husband over and we didn't have plans on a Friday night. And he's like, well, what are we doing? And I'm like, nothing. Cause we have plans for Saturday and Sunday but we're still not going to do anything tonight. It's like, I mean, well, I could text people. Do you want me to like, do you want engagements all three nights? Cause I do, if you're okay with yeah, that. That's awesome. And is your husband extroverted like you? No. So opposite. <laughs> Which opposite? No, he, he tends to open up after a while, but he, he takes that while to get into it. Whereas it, we always, we don't, talk to each other at parties even at house parties we go to places and we walk in and it's we give each other a kiss and we're like see you later and i because i'm a mingler i'm gonna walk around mm-hmm. and i'm gonna talk to every person in that party and, every and you know exactly one. where to find in what corner to find kitchen. your husband <laughs> he's gonna be in the kitchen he's gonna be in the kitchen making drinks and talking about the different kinds of whiskey and then it gives me an opportunity to come up and harass him about being bougie for talking about the notes that he can taste and smell in <laughs> the whiskey that's hilarious uh we have time for one more all right let's do one more let me get the uh let me get the ball queued up here. I'm usually better about this, but such engaging conversations tonight. <laughs> right. Just this giant class I'm in right now. Learning how to be a better me. <laughs> you going to like some motivational seminars or something? No, I'm here right now. There's oh, some this. really good this networking ones I could tell you you could go to. <laughs> I have thought about like, because I, I do hate like, uh, being more introverted than extroverted. And it's like, is there a course or something I can take? But I know the course is just going to be like, go out and talk to five strangers in the street. Yeah, like, that's, those that's are never effective. Those are never effective. <laughs> you should be looking for like electrotherapy type stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> Start to, shocking to sw- Yeah, to just switch you. <laughs> All right, here's our last uh, one. I landed on six, by the way, for okay. those of you, <laughs> for those of you who are bored at home trying to compare. Uh, this is our last one. As a consumer... Would you rather uh, lose access to social media for a month or uh, all of search engines for a month? Oh, social media. Absolutely. No hesitation whatsoever. I actually gave up um, social media. And then when I got a job doing with RSL, I was like, well, dang. I can't find any because I usually try to like do a little bit of research. I'm like, yeah. I can't find anything. I mean, I didn't dig super deep, but. <laughs> I didn't go into the dark way. He spent like eight <laughs> hours trying to find information on you. He's, He's like typing someone like so and so records, so and so RSL. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not finding anything. Do you find anything? But that makes sense. So you've, yeah. you've gone off and it's yeah. been off the I, grid. I actually truly love it. Um, I even now when I get on Facebook, I get on there to see what's going on within the networking groups that I'm with on Facebook. I don't find a lot of value, I guess, in mm-hmm. that social media. It's never. Um, I don't need to post what I ate and what I did and what? things like that. And it's does just that surprise you, thing. Brandon? <laughs> that she's not like big on social. Yeah, a little bit. I I thought like I I figured like everyone's gonna pick search, but then as I oh no oh no I'm a Googler. Like, I feel like she's gonna be like so big on like oh no I'm a Googler. Social. Yeah, no. In fact, you'd have to give up your party trick. <laughs> that's that's For true <laughs> i would i would but i could always have a business card or i put people's phone numbers in it's i i am definitely a googler in fact when i went to new york we did a girls trip and i was officially the googler we, we all took roles on and somebody was to find restaurants somebody had to always call the uber and i would google things because i'm the type of person that while i'm walking around if i say out loud a question or in my mind i want to know the answer i don't want just the question to float into the universe and so it's like well what's the answer i can tell you a lot of really random facts about new york and a lot of other places because it's i love those little things so i there's no way i could give up a search engine 
Do you, do you and your husband settle arguments through Google often? Oh, 100%. Who doesn't, Brandon? So, yeah, I that's like that. most of what our Google Home minis are used for. It's like we'll argue and it's like, all right, what's the definition of so-and-so? And then I'm usually wrong 80% of the time. So, yeah, it's, I, I wonder if how many uh, marriages are saved or ruined because of <laughs> access to Google now. <laughs> yeah. You can't just be a good liar. Now you have to like actually back it up with facts and like that. Oh, what are you picking then? Uh I don't need social. I'm not. I'm not a social guy. I'd go with search. I love social. I'm like addicted to it, especially Instagram. But I gotta have access to the main world of information. I did have one question that popped up. You mentioned that you're part of a lot of groups. Yeah. Some have said that like Facebook groups. I feel like Facebook groups have really taken off in the last couple of years. Yeah. It's kind of the new marketing, and you can kind of mass market on a faster scale, and it may not be as personal as in person. And maybe it's different for you because RSL is such a local product. Like someone yeah. in Alabama is not going to have any interest. Absolutely. But if you if you were selling for a, a SaaS company, a software who's you know anyone in the world's a uh, uh, a potential customer, do you would you find yourself spending a lot more time and focus on Facebook groups, or you still feel like yeah, it's a little bit more time. You're going to meet less people physically networking, but it's going to be a greater benefit. I, it's definitely a bigger benefit to go meet the people in person. And while there's all of these Facebook groups and even meetup now where it's like you can, you know, you can build kind of your network in that way. And, and it's just, it's still not the same. You take out that personal aspect of it. You know, I'm in, I'm a different person behind the keyboard than I am in person because I could not type fast enough for all of the things that come out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, did you check to see if Vivint was a corporate uh, ticket holder before coming on? Ooh, I did not, but I'm I don't disappointed. Believe... <laughs> I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm pretty sure we are. I, I think you guys have something, but you guys don't have, see, you're not in my Audi club. I would love for Vivint. What does that to mean? The, the out. Oh, you got to come out to the Audi club. It's our premier club. It's for business development not networking <laughs> but it kind of is um but it's a lot for the business development so there there's over 50 companies right now and you basically get to come and either you know bring other team members to wine and dine team members and say thank you for a good job it's also for the c-level executives it's usually who comes and they get to meet other c-level executives and be able to you know you're meeting with decision makers you're not meeting with anybody else and then they also use it for whining and dining clients because it is a premier club it's 21 and over which i mean i have children also children are great but i don't want them when i'm doing work and so mm -hmm. it's it's nice to be able to say nope sorry you can't bring your kid in here and to be able to have a different kind of atmosphere. So, yeah, we got to get you out club. there. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, hold you to it. Nina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having this me. This was so much fun. Um, it's not often that we get women because it's just harder to, uh, uh, from a digital marketing standpoint. Yeah. Uh, so we're always grateful when we have someone that can come on. And uh, this has been a really great episode. If you're listening now and you've uh, enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you can also reach out. Our email is inbound at belowthefold.io. Feel free to submit questions or if you've got someone that you'd like to nominate to come on the show, uh, we welcome those as well. And that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. Thanks, guys. Love it.